Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, I'm super excited. Kevin and I are here. We have a really, really special treat for you guys. We have a great friend here on our podcast. Um, Some of our folks may know her as Stephanie Gurega. Um, hey, Stephanie, how are hey, you? Hey, good. How are you? So good to have you here. Oh, thanks. Um, Stephanie and her husband, John, have been attending Bethlehem since about February this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys may know her and her husband. They own Compass Physical Therapy yes. in the area. They have three locations, mm-hmm. a new one here in Bethlehem. Yeah. So super excited to have them here at the church. And what I'm really, what, what's really fascinating, the more I get to know Stephanie, just love her, love oh, everything about her. Mutual. Mutual. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So she's got a really, really cool story. And that's why we're here. We're going to talk about that. Um, so before she was Stephanie Garega and yeah. married to John, she was Stephanie Schlund and she's an actress. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I want okay. you to tell our listeners, tell us, I know your story. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell our listeners about uh, your background and kind yeah. of how you got into that. Okay. So I, I fell into the industry when I was a child. Um, a scout found me at the mall when I was 12 years old. Um, at the time, I was so young and my parents, poor poor mom and dad, they knew nothing about the industry. So right. there was excitement around it and sure. I was excited to do it. So it just kind of became this career. And um, they they came to me often and they said, are you still happy? Is this something you enjoy doing? You know, they were always very nervous and cautious. They didn't want to lead me in a wrong direction, but I loved it. Um, and I loved it for a long time. It was fun. It was so fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, you were at a mall, Mm -hmm. which mall? Um, Gwinnett, I think it was Gwinnett place. Yeah. Yeah. The one where they filmed Stranger Things. Is that, yeah. (laughs) Back when it was a mall. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Very cool. Things weren't there yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just a set, an abandoned set. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, Talk about, so so what kind of projects did you do, did you start doing? So um, because I was underage at that point, it yeah. was mainly commercials and just photo shoots. Um, I doubled a lot uh, for main actors that came into Atlanta and started filming movies for Reese Witherspoon and Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Um, we Are Marshall filmed here. I was a stand-in on that. So it started slow and then we just started building and and it was, it was so fun and I was blessed. Um, for quite a long time. And it was a, it was just a fun pastime of mine, you know? Yeah. 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 That's very cool. So talk about some of your like standout, you kind of were on this like trajectory. Yeah. Kind of an upward trajectory. And you kind of, I I remember you, you saying like these projects were coming to you. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So talk about some of the, the bigger projects that you did or the standout ones that, that, uh, that, we might know you from. So um, the largest one that we kicked off with, so to say, uh, would have been The Price is Right. Yeah. Um, instead of acting, I was a model on the show. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> I just, it was, and it was quite extensive. We did have to, you have to study a lot. You have to know all the games and understand the episodes. So um, that was a really fun job. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. And then from there, I went to a couple of TV shows that were really popular. Um, Lifetime's Drop Dead Diva. 
uh, Foxes the following. Okay. Yeah, and then and then I kind of made my turn more into films at that point. Okay. So I started out with Nicholas Sparks, the last song. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then the Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So things just kept building from there, and they were going really well. Um, there were struggles behind the scenes going on at that point, but I still felt like I could stay true to myself and I had my control and I had my hand in things and my parents were always involved. They were always eager to listen to and guide me. So things were going well. Yeah. And then things started to kind of get a little more dicey and that's when the larger films came into play. Really? Yeah. The larger one being the Hunger Games. Okay. Yeah. And so which, uh, which movie were you in and what character did you play? I played Kashmir from District 1, and it was Catching Fire. Awesome. Yeah. So talk about, um, so you you talked about some of the tensions that you felt during that time. Can you, like, uh, can you be a little more specific and talk, talk a little bit more about that? So for the beginning part of my career, um, I was so young that everything was squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I was comfortable with that. My, my family was comfortable with that. There, there was no, no ill intent there. It was just a happy time. Mm-hmm. When I turned 18, there became a noticeable shift in my career mm. that went from squeaky clean to not. Yeah, yeah. I was not okay with this. Right. Uh, my family who were involved still, they were not okay with it. Yeah. Um, so it, it almost became a weekly argument with my team, if you will, my Mm -hmm. agents, managers, publicists, as to what I was willing to do. I gotcha. Um, And it it kind of morphed me into this position where I just felt like every day waking up, I had to put on like a suit of armor where I just, I had to defend, you know, what I was willing to show, Mm. um, what I believed in, at what point do you draw the line saying, well, you know, it's not really me. I'm not doing this, but yet it doesn't line up with my beliefs and wow. I'm still representing myself. Yeah. So it, it just, it all became so convoluted that it took the joy from it at that mm. point. Mm. So was that hard? Like those, you're talking about getting up every day and having to defend yourself. Yeah. And in, in my mind, and I can't speak for you, but just in, in my in my own thing, the the opportunities to compromise sounds like there were a lot of them and that's easy to do sometimes. Yeah. Were there some battles in that for you? I always stayed true. I knew where my heart was. Mm. I knew it was in Christ. I never battled with myself on that. I never battled with saying no to my agents, my publicists, my managers. But the exterior battles that came with the results of that were just constant. I mean, it, it was... It sounds exhausting. It was exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, every day was, hey, we got a script. She just shows a little bit of her top. But it's a good script. Well, no, I'm sorry. I don't care how good the script is. <laughs> wow. I'm not showing anything. Right. Or, right. you know, love scenes or unwarranted profanity. I had issues with that. So hmm. when you loop in all three of those things, you're basically cutting out a large yeah. percentage of Hollywood. Yeah. Yes. And to my team, hmm. who didn't get paid unless I got paid, that was an issue. Wow. So can we go back a little then to when you say you knew who you were in Christ? Yeah. How did you get? How did you get to be that confident and that clear Mm -hmm. um, to know who you were in Christ? Yeah. So this is funny. Um, I was prepping for this and I was thinking and praying and I was just really praying, God, please, you know, speak through me. Show me what I need to see that you'd like to convey to others. And the one thing that had occurred to me is I've prayed the same prayer my entire life 
And I don't know when I started praying it or where I got it from. It's just something that's been in me. And it's always been, God, use everything I have, use everything I am to glorify you. Hmm. And that's just... Say that again. Use everything I have and use everything I am to glorify you. So I feel to a certain degree like none of this was me. I've always said none of this was me. I think that my willingness to surrender to him is what's gotten me to these places. Hmm. When did that willingness to surrender to him, when did that happen in your life? It's just always been there. I, I don't, Christ is the one unshakable thing. Oh, I'm getting emotional. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's the one unshakable thing in my life. It's the one thing that I would die for. Hmm. Were you raised in church, Stephanie? Did your family attend church? Did you like, was that kind of your background? No, not really. Yeah. Um, I I grew up in a great family. Mm-hmm. I have a wonderful mother and father. Yeah. My mom would take us to church sometimes. Mm-hmm. And my aunts would call and we'd go to Sunday school. But church wasn't necessarily a norm for us. Yeah. I do realize that I always had a desire for it. Yeah. You know, they say, well, what did you want to be when you were little? And I remember thinking, well, I want to marry a man who we go to church every Sunday. Aww. Like, that's what I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I got that. Yeah. So for me, that's the biggest blessing of all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always craved it. And yeah. I think that's something naturally we have. You know, I mm-hmm. noticed with my my nephew and niece, they're five and three. And my sister is a lot like I am in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But I, I find it so ironic how my little niece is asking all these questions. Yeah. It's like, oh, where are you, where are you picking this up? I don't think she's picking it up. Yeah. I think it's natural. I yes. think it's in us. Yes. I just think that the world picks away at it. Mm-hmm. We have to refocus and find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's uh, really, really powerful. So talk about this decision to what was kind of the maybe the last straw or maybe the final decision, you said it, it just, you were talking about how it was wearing down um, or just kind of that feeling of being exhausted um, and having to fight every day, go yeah. to work and fight. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm not willing to do. So what was the, what, can you talk about what was the, the final decision or what was the proverbial Breaking straw point. that, yeah, broke the camel's back kind of thing? So I'd say it was building for some time. Yeah. When I got married, there became a shift in my heart. Mm. John is a wonderful man. I'm I'm a huge fan, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he couldn't have been a more supportive husband. I mean, truly, he read scripts with me. He studied with me. He Mm. prayed with me. He prayed over me. I mean, he could not have been more of a supportive husband. However, there was always this one knot in my stomach that I could never shake. Mm -hmm. And that was, what is going to happen when I'm asked to do something that doesn't honor and respect John, my vows, or the vows that we made before God. Mm. And I had a couple of conversations with my agents and my manager about this. And they said, well, we're sorry, but this, with your physical appearance, you're going to play a love interest most likely. Mm. So I just kind of always had this like holding my breath moment since we got married. Yeah. And it finally, you know, it just, it was building, building, building. Thankfully, I never had to do anything, you know, that um, that put me in an awkward spot or made me choose. And it just never came about. And I truly do think that was God protecting us. Mm-hmm. But um, it finally came to me one day and I just said, why? Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Is it really worth what I'd be 
risking or, or giving up? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. So why? Mm-hmm. And I think that was where the changing of my heart started to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it sounds from just kind of what you're saying, like John really, I, you know, when you met him and you guys, like he really had an impact on and just the freedom to be who you were in Christ yeah. and really led you in that way. I, yeah. That really, to me, is what what I'm hearing or just kind of what I'm picking up on. Yeah, he Would does. you say that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's He did grow up in a church mm-hmm. um, setting his entire life. Yeah. So I had questions when I met him. I said, hey, I love this in the Bible, but it doesn't totally, this story doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. And he would sit me down and go, well, here, I'll explain it. This is why. And he gave me that guidance that I so often looked for that right. Google couldn't always provide. <laughs> <laughs> right, know? right. Um, so no, I, I, I think growing in Christ with him yeah. is just still to this day. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, John's my biggest blessing. That's How did awesome. you meet John? A blind date. A blind date? Yeah. Yeah, they do work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. heard that. Yeah. A friend, or a setup, or a um, dating app, or a... My mom and a co-worker of hers. Oh. My mom obviously knew me, and the co-worker knew John. And how long have you been married? Nine years. Nine years. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... I... So the, the thing that I really love about your story, too, Stephanie, so many things, but just that you really, and Kevin, you kind of touched on this, that you really knew who you were before you went into the industry and just just had this really strong, solid foundation. And I think that's really what, and, and you know, God obviously used that to protect you and, and, and steer you in the right mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. Um, I, I would, what, this is kind of, you know, we're kind of going around about here, but what advice would you say, would you give to, to young women that are maybe, you know, there's so many, everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody wants to be famous. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you were kind of living the dream, you know, so <laughs> many, so many people, so many young girls, but just that knowing who you are in Christ and not compromising on that. What would you say? So I would them? say to search your heart. True. I, I get having goals and desires and dreams. Yeah. But search your heart and find the real why. Even yeah. if it's the why that you don't necessarily want to admit to yourself. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people say, well, it, you know, the money would be nice, but the money is not the reason I'm doing it. I'm doing it because if I get the money, I can do good with it. Mm-hmm. Or, well, the stardom would be nice or the platform would be nice, but I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it so if I had those things, I could do good with it. Yeah. The disconnect when I hear these things is that they're chasing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. The why, the purpose, the goal should be to chase and seek God with all your heart yeah. and to love him with all your heart and surrender to him and say, okay, you know how you made me. These are my desires. Yeah. If it be your will, please take me there and then see what he does with it. Right, right. I find that when we're saying we want something, wealth, fame, you know, any type of influence, at the end of the day, even though, yes, you can do good with those things, you're still chasing worldly things. Mm-hmm. And those aren't what please them. Yeah. And and they'll never satisfy. No. You know, never. Like, so that's, I mean, and you, you experienced that. So yeah. you, you kind of had that. And so talk to, talk to that too, about how, how you've kind of, you experienced that, but it ultimately wasn't 
the thing that satisfied you, right? No, no. I, I found that in the moments of my life where I had the most fame, fortune, notoriety, I had all those things. Those were the moments that I felt the most disconnected from God. Mm. And it wasn't anything I was doing less. Wow. I was still chasing, seeking, praying, loving, worshiping. I was still craving God deeply. My theory on this is that I was stepping from places where I could do those things into places where he necessarily wasn't there. Mm. And I always have said there's for me, a clear feeling when you enter a place and God's not there. Mm. That's where I was entering. Wow. And yeah, I, I just, I felt it a couple of times and I thought, oh, no, no, this is not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. This is not hmm. for me. So, okay, so you made that decision. Was was there like a, a final moment, like I'm done, I'm walking away? So after I wrapped Hunger Games, I contractually had uh, publicity tour. I, I had a lot of work ahead of me for that film. Yeah. Um, and the film was a blessing. You know, I'm not trying to say it wasn't. Um, but I remember praying like, where do you want me now? Cause this, I don't feel, my heart doesn't feel right. Like I don't, I'm, this just doesn't feel like you. Mm-hmm. And over mm-hmm. a couple of months, I just felt a shift in my heart and I just knew, I just knew we're done here. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. Yeah. So when you, when you said, when you had that sense, okay, God, this is, we're done here. Mm -hmm. um, The doors kept opening, Mm -hmm. um, which Mm -hmm. makes it more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Because you, and again, I just love the way how clear and how secure and confident you are. And this is who I am Mm -hmm. um, in Christ. And it overrides everything else. But I just think of the pressures that were there. Like you say, this is it, God. I feel like we're done. And then the world keeps coming going, hey, but wait, what about this? What about mm-hmm. this? What about this? Um, were those hard conversations or were you that you were done? Yeah. I When I would pray about anything that came after, I still had my answer. I still knew it was a no. Hmm. I still knew this is not where he wants you anymore. Anytime that you were like going, okay, well, maybe this one. No. It's great. I I know I have a journey. I, there's plenty to learn for me. Um, but I, I do feel that hearing God is not always as hard as we make it out to be. Preach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. The Stephanie. temptations of this world become hard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. But was I would I have been accepting any of those things for to glorify him? No. That would have been after the fact because mm. my heart wasn't in it anymore. Yeah. So it would have just been clearly for money or whatever, you know, but no, I never thought twice. That's wow. great. Yeah. Cause I was wondering the same thing, Kev, like as you're walking away from this, you know, is there ever that moment where you're like, did I do the right thing? You knew. Yeah. Wow. I guess, you know, <laughs> you, you're the seat you're in and the seat we're in. Yeah. Um, Angela has all that fame, but I don't. <laughs> so she's been on that side. But to to you know to have been on that side of it and realized and and walked with God through that, and then He closes the door. Yeah. Um, to hear that from someone who doesn't have that hasn't had that platform, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's, it sounds fun, but it would. That's just that's just cool to hear. 
that you 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 were that clear on it and knew and it's almost hard to comprehend in a world where everybody says hey you want to be as famous as possible yeah and you yeah. were there and then to hear you say but then it was done and i knew it was done because of who i am in christ yeah um, this just really they're just really powerful it's refreshing you yeah. just don't hear that story you don't hear that perspective at all <laughs> and well, so that's why that's why your your story is so powerful stephanie and i and, and it really like it's uh people need to hear it thank you i um it's not always been you know butterflies and rainbows to live but yeah <laughs> i yeah. do feel um that there is some as i've been praying over the past since we found bethlehem really yeah um I've felt an urge on my heart to tell my story. And it's mm -hmm. funny because I didn't necessarily know that I even had a story. Mm -hmm. I just kind of was in a place of life where I was reflecting a lot. And then it kind of one day came to me and said, well, tell girls to stay true to themselves. Mm -hmm. Tell them self-respect is important. Tell them they don't have to do these things just to get a platform. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I realized, oh, well. I guess I do kind of have a story. Yes. Yeah, you have an incredible story. Incredible. And it's not only to ladies, it's to men as well. I think of the story mm -hmm. in Scripture of Joseph and Potiphar's wife hmm. where he fled temptation. Yeah. And that idea of the decision was made before he got there, which is what I hear. Like decisions were made in your heart before you got, before the door was opened. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, if we're talking to little girls or we're talking to grown men, we're saying, hey, let's make decisions now that we know are right. So then in the heat of the moment or when temptation's there, um, we can stand strong. That's right. And that's the way that God, you know, first Corinthians tells us that no temptations overcome man, uh, overcome man. So no temptation has been given except what is common to man, but God is faithful and always provides a way of escape. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times that way of escape is because we've already decided ahead of time that this is how I'm going to react to that. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. So Stephanie, did you ever experience any kind of, you know, I, I know when we think of Hollywood, there's, you know, a lot of diversity, a lot of diverse beliefs. As a Christian in the industry, mm -hmm. did you ever, you know, what were, I guess, what were some of the, the challenges other than your own personal convictions? Right. Did you experience discrimination? Did you experience any kind of, uh, you know, working in an industry that's not necessarily known for its tolerance of Christianity? Yeah. Um so to a certain degree, yes. Mm -hmm. However, I feel like if you stay true to your beliefs and yeah. you just try to keep your nose out of things that they shouldn't be in and keep a straight path, then yeah. <laughs> you can avoid a lot of the unnecessary. Um, yeah. When it comes to discrimination necessarily, I would just say to a certain point, my physical appearance put me into a category, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah, God made me the way he wants me to look. I can't, <laughs> right. right. You know, um, so no, I, I don't hmm. really recall any specific moments or anything. Sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, looking ahead kind of, you know, that's looking, looking past, uh, looking, looking towards the future. I'm excited when I just, when I talk to you and I hear your story and I think about all the ways that God could use your story and you and just to just to speak truth, especially to a generation that needs it. Yeah. That needs truth. And I'm just, I love that you and your husband John are now small group leaders here yeah, at yeah, the church. We are. You're leading a group of 
young couples. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just so excited. Do you kind of have a heart or a vision or what do you, how do you see God using you or, or creating opportunities for you in the future? So I think that he gave me a, um, a background that draws a lot of attention. Yeah. And the one common thing that I've seen moving forward is that people, it has enough names in it. It has enough celebrities in it that yeah. it draws attention. Yeah. So for me, I have a very clear vision of, okay, that's great. I got the attention. Mm -hmm. Now what am I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. So really, I, I don't know where I'm going to land just yet, but my goal is to put my hand in everything and just try to be a disciple and, and really lead people. And it makes me so, so sad to think of younger girls who didn't or don't have the support system that I had. Yeah. Um, so if I can help them, that's, that's on my heart. Absolutely. And just speak into a generation where everybody's chasing the same thing. It seems like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and to say, Hey, it is, you know, it could be in your path. God yeah. could want that for you. Yeah but maybe let's tweak how we get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I love that. And it's, I really see the Bible talks a lot about stewardship, you know, stewarding our resources, what God has given us and being faithful uh, to steward that in the best way, in the way that glorifies him yes. and brings the most good. Yes. And so I just, you know, I see that. I see oh, that in your story you. and I see you doing that. I see you and John doing that together and mm -hmm. it's just inspiring. Thank so, you. Thank you. So do you have any takeaway uh, decisions or, or, you know, any kind of uh, any any final thoughts that you want to share with us? Um, yeah. So kind of piggybacking on your question um, of saying, you know, how I could blend what I've been through with my life today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I would just I'd like to say that it's just taken me years to sit with all of the work that I've done and my years of learning and growing. Mm -hmm. um, and up to this point, up to today, up to February to finding Bethlehem Church, I really didn't know when or where it would be time to talk, mm -hmm. but I knew there would be a season to talk. Yeah. Um, I feel like finding Bethlehem Church I have met some of the greatest people, truly. I mean, and and getting to know a few of the people here, it's it's not just one or two. It's everyone, yeah. and it's their hearts, and it's they're all so good. So I told John early on, the minute I walked in the doors here in February, I felt instantly connected. Mm. There was just something about I just knew mm -hmm. there was something here. Like, and it, he said he felt the same way, but. The way I kept going on and on about it, he was like, well, I feel like you almost have more of a connection. I said, I do too. I just don't know why or what it is. Mm. Um, and then as I was praying over the past couple of months and then things started shaping up in this direction, yeah, yeah, you know, I really feel like God just kind of put it on my heart that it was just time to talk. Yeah. And this is the yeah. first time that I've ever shared anything from all of that. So awesome. Well, okay. So, and I do have to ask, just as there's a little side note. Yeah. How did you end up in Bethlehem? <laughs> so tell us kind of how that you, you have an interesting story there. So how did you end up here? So um, Barrow our, County of all places. Our, well, the funny thing was leading up to it, repeatedly I told John, I want to find like, like a bigger church that 
you know, grew because of their love, mm. but in a smaller town. And he kept like saying, <laughs> oh, babe, I don't know if that like. They don't make those, right? Place your order stuff. Often. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, not a tall order. Yeah. But, um, We're an anomaly. <laughs> you, no, it's fabulous. Um, so I think it's so ironic that those were my words. And yeah. then I literally found it. But no, we, our church uh, prior, our pastor retired. Yeah. And it happened right before COVID hit. Yeah. So we felt a shift in our hearts, like, hey, maybe it's time to look around. And then COVID hit and we were just, we were lost. And it was mm. the first time in our marriage, we didn't have a church home. Mm. We didn't have a church family necessarily. It was just, it wasn't great for us. Um, so we, we started, you know, we got through COVID and then we started visiting a few churches and they were great churches, but they just didn't really pull at our heartstrings. Like yeah. something wasn't right. Um, and John went to work one day and he had literally five patients in a row <laughs> tell him, oh, you need to go to Bethlehem Church. <laughs> so John called me and said, hey, babe, we're going to Bethlehem Church. I'm like, all right, let's okay. go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and you're, you're from Georgia originally, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really cool. Well, we are very, very glad. Really glad. Here. Oh, thanks. Really glad. So I, I think I go back and the the prayer that you that you've been praying i think i've got it right god use everything i am and everything i have mm -hmm. to glorify you yep. mm -hmm. what a powerful i think that's a great takeaway for people as they're driving or working out um to pray and to start to, they can own it you don't own that you don't have a patent on that prayer or anything no no um, no can, and then <laughs> just do. to sit with you and listen what i see the most incredible thing about you is your security in christ mm -hmm. and your relationship with christ yep. and that comes through as you talk and as you present yourself and I'm just excited for that. I just, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I just appreciate you being here so much. Yes. Well, thank you guys. Yep. Me too. I've loved and it. it's your humility too. I love, I love talking to you because, you know, I mean, it's fun. Like, oh, cool. She's a movie star. But also at the same time, you're this really generous and humble person. And so it's, I, I, I love learning from you. So Aww. thank you. Thank you. Well, I think I couldn't think, I mean, I just think the absolute world of both of you. Yeah. And everybody here. So thank you so much for your time and thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for joining in on this very special episode of Beyond Sunday. If you have any questions, uh, you want to hear more um, about this story or you just uh, want to uh, have ideas for us for a, a new podcast, you can email us at beyondsunday at bethlehemchurch.us. And as always, we will see you next time.